Well, I mean, first of all, we are not on the ocean side, so we have to to look for what we have around us and uh, have good contacts there. So that's why we working with crayfish instead of lobster or what we're working with. That was the voice of David Heimer, pot owner and head chef of the very well-known Zurich-based restaurant Joseph. So grab yourself a drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, depending on your preference, and come join us as we talk all things chefy on Grab a Drink with a Swiss Chef. Hey everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Kershaw, and our featured guest today is David Heimer, pot owner and head chef of Zurich-based restaurant, Joseph. David and his restaurant are quite well known in these parts. And during this chat, David takes us through his career from his early days of fishing and hunting in Northern Sweden to his fascination with local fresh produce all the way through to the high demands of running restaurant Joseph. And for those of you that haven't heard of the restaurant, it's located at Gastometerstrasse 24, which is actually just off Langstrasse and quite close to Limmerplatz. I enjoyed this one, so check it out. Oh, and I'd just like to add, um, as the show is getting more popular and people are actually trying to reach out the best way is through my email, which is theswisschef101 at gmail.com. Cheers. Hey, David, and uh, welcome to the podcast. It's nice of you to be here. Nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. No problem. Um, before, you know, we get started always on the on, on the podcast, we we ask everybody what they're drinking. Um, so what did you bring? Uh, for what this I chat? bring? <laughs> I brought a cup of coffee. Uh, a cup I, of coffee. That's uh, what I'm drinking mostly during the day. Okay. I'm a okay. highly, highly addicted and uh, enjoy it as well. Okay, very good. So, look, before we, um, you know, talk about uh, you and your background and story, can you just give me a little bit about, um, you know, yourself, uh, the restaurant? Um, you know, what is it? What's the concept for, for people that don't know about it? You know, how did you, how did it come into your life? And, and basically what's your, what's your role there? <laughs> okay. Um, hey, my name is David Heimer. I'm from Sweden uh, and moved to Zurich, Switzerland, 2012, when I was 20 years old. And uh, 
had my first job in Restaurant Josef back then. Um, Restaurant Josef is a 30-year-old restaurant. We celebrate our anniversary this year. And it's sort of an institution in Zürich. Uh, con contemporary um, have always been sort of a pioneer in whatever the time is, uh, is showing. It's a, a mixture of Swiss cuisine, French cuisine and Italian cuisine. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah, so, so you're from, you're from Stockholm, right? Um, or a region, um, uh, just, just north of, of there. It's two and a half hours from Stockholm, uh, direction Norway in the middle of the forest. Wow. What was that like uh, growing up in such a place? Uh, fantastic. I mean, um, I kept myself busy uh, fishing, being in the forest with my with my friends, doing all kinds of extreme acti activities. And was um, food a big part of your uh, upbringing? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, from the time I could. Before I could walk, basically, I had to help in the in the garden, or I didn't have to, but that's how we spent time together in the family. Uh, my earliest memories is uh, picking mushrooms with my parents, uh, collecting blueberries, lingonberries, and uh, all this was what we were eating. So we, we had to pick it, collect it, farm it. Um, seat the potato, pick up the potato, wash it under the water in the garden, and of course as well mm -hmm. cook it. And you mentioned fishing. What, uh, what type of fish are you uh, catching up there? Uh, up there, you, in the two lakes, so, so the, the house is between two lakes where I grew up, and uh, there you fish, uh, perch, pike perch, um, pike and uh, some other white fishes. My grandfather teach me to fish in the age of four or five and uh, I had to learn to cook it right away then. And that was really exciting for me. Yeah, but do you uh, keep it up? Do you do any fishing here in Switzerland? Uh, I do and I traveling for fishing as well. It's one of, of many hobbies I have, but absolutely something i i love to do mm -hmm. now we turn more into or already in the age of 10 i started to fly fish for trout and salmon yeah so that's my hobby now i don't fish so much white fishes it's more uh, river fishing and it's on a more sport level i would say yeah okay yeah. so just just going back to um your your childhood here so you know, what was the first memory you had of eating like something amazing? Yes, I mean, it, it's so many memories. Um, for sure, the berries and I had my, I was responsible for a quarter of the herb garden where I was planting my own herbs. Um, 
picking the berries, the strawberries in Sweden is just, uh, the, I would say, the best in, in the world. Um, the apples, the carrots, we got to snack on straight out of the earth. I loved our artichoke and, and the Jerusalem artichoke because we got sort of a small harvest. So we just harvest in, in late autumn and that was the feast. We ate artichoke just once a year. That was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And what was your, um, your favorite dish growing up? Like your, your go-to meal? What was, what was that? Well, for sure many, but uh, the first recipe I, I collected in my recipe book was uh, my grandmother's uh, Schöttbullar uh, with spaghetti. Schöttbullar uh, is the Swedish way of meatballs, mm -hmm. which was done out of the the game meat we hunted ourselves on our farm. It was wow. moose meatballs. Really? Wow, that sounds quite something. It was my favorite dish for sure, and the crayfish party, which my grandmother was hosting as well. That was as well a favorite. Uh, you had uh, crayfish in, in the lakes there? Yeah. So at my, the farm of my grandparents, which have been in six generations, uh, we have owned crayfish in our own lake and river there. Wow. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so when you, uh, is your family still there? My mom is still there. Yeah. But uh, the rest of the family is quite splitted. Yeah. And um, when you go, when you go back home, do you, uh, do you do all the cooking now or you kind of just sit back and, and get your home cooked meals? Well, it depends on when I'm there. Um, I have quite some places to visit when I go to Sweden. Um, my brother is in South of Sweden in Malmö. Mm -hmm. Um, my sister in Oslo in Norway. Um, some other friends and family members in Stockholm and up in, in the north of Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of traveling when I come in. And sometimes I cook one meal uh, if I don't have so much time. And otherwise they invite me and let me be sort of <laughs> right. free from work. Yeah. So, so going to your, um, your career a little bit, um, did you study um, at college, at university, and, and if so, was it uh, in the the um, the food space, or was it something completely different? I I studied um, the the restaurant and gastronomic college. Um, okay. Exactly from I was fifteen, fourteen, fifteen to to eighteen. Okay. But I started to cook already earlier. And was that in uh, was that in the town or? Yes, okay. Karlstad is the biggest city in the area, which I okay. grew up outside of. And then um, after that, after you'd finished this hospitality um, college, did you um, did you jump straight into your first job in the, in uh, in a bigger city or what? What was the first job? Well, by, by starting the, the restaurant uh, college, I already had, let's say, 
four four jobs in four different restaurants already. I started with twelve years old. Okay. Um. So actually, I I jumped off the the education and mm-hmm. started to work where I made my uh, apprenticeship. Okay, so you uh, did uh, an internship, and where was that? That was in restaurant Lilla Martina, a small restaurant owned by uh, a couple, which okay. re- which ran the eighteen seats restaurant, which was okay. the best restaurant in the region. Nice. And what was the first job there? What were you, were you uh, just um, chopping up vegetables, well, or what? What was it? Well, it was basically just me and the head chef and the owner, his wife mm-hmm. in service, and one uh, dishwasher. Okay. So I started very much on the base in my apprenticeship, uh, assisting him. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, uh, I as well took care of the kitchen uh, while they were on vacation or away from the restaurant yes mm-hmm. so I and um, everything and how, how long were you there for i was there for in total two years two years okay yes. and would you say that was a, a career defining training or was it uh, did that happen later on in your career no, it was absolutely. I got a lot of influence and, and inspiration out of that place. Uh, he basically showed me the the old school um, way of uh, of uh, gastronomic industry, like with the chefs like Marco Pierre White and mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain. That was sort of how he introduced me to to the industry. So. Lots of cooking with butter, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's the favorite ingredient. Yes. Yeah, and and the um, the cuisine there was it traditional to the um, environment or was it uh, was it more French or just? It was absolutely based on French cuisine. Yeah. Uh, Simon, which was his name, uh, used to work in in Vienna, in Austria, and uh, Zurich and. Copenhagen, and he'd been sort of around whole Europe before he returned back to Sweden. So it was absolutely classic French and Italian cuisine, with some Swedish influences from the restaurants he'd been working in in Stockholm. Okay, yeah. and would you say um, is you know is that your favorite style of food still to this day, or? Um... Is it, yes. Is, is it, yeah. I mean, I I I do like and appreciate uh, styles from the whole world. I must say, but in my kitchen, I use a lot of French bases. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I like and, to eat it as well. Right. And your favorite ingredients to work with? What would you say those are? So hard. I mean. I'm looking forward for every season once they're coming back. Um, but uh, if I can choose one, 
Hmm. Well, I like all kinds of fish and seafood. I find that beautiful to work with. It's though a question mark regarding the future. Um, like crayfish, I, I love crayfish. Um, but otherwise it's artichokes and now we just got the season of asparagus and, and uh, rhubarb coming up. Green peas and I love all kinds of, uh, of vegetables to work with once they are in season. And you say um, crayfish <clears throat> was, how do you feel about uh, the, the level of uh, seafood here in, in Switzerland? Uh, do you find it a challenge to get um, good, fresh seafood or, you know, what, what's your experience on that? Well, I mean, first of all, we are not on the ocean side, so we have to, to look for what we have around us and uh, have good contacts there. So that's why we're working with crayfish instead of lobster or, mm -hmm. or we're working with um, river trout instead of salmon and so on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there I have very good, um, a very good supplier which sourcing me with absolutely the best fishes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what would you say are your um, signature dishes? Um, for yourself personally, but also um, for the restaurant? For the restaurant, I would say um, we have a sturgeon uh, served on a risotto. Wow. Um, where, which is sort of quite typical how I work. Uh, we get the whole fishes in, uh, we fillet them, smoke the bones and uh, smoked bone broth out of it. Mm. And uh, that's how we sort of make a nose to tail version of, of all our dishes to have as little waste as possible, but as well gain as much flavor. Because flavor, I, I cooking for, for the flavor, that's my pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, so, out of the, the, the broth, we cook in a risotto, we make a, a butter espuma, we put on top of it, we grind some cured uh, egg jolk, chives, lemon, and then we have a, a confited sturgeon filet on top of it. It's really wow. delicious and it's one of the favorite dishes here in the restaurant. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, and for home, what, what, what's your, uh, your go-to meal for home? Well, at home, I sort of experimenting, mostly doing new things all the time. I like to do everything from scratch. So whatever I haven't done, uh, I, I do at home. If it's, if I cook hamburgers, I do my own buns or if I do gyozas, mm -hmm. I do the, the dough of the gyoza and I fill them. And so a bit Asian cuisine I cook at home as well. Um, but uh, of course, pasta is one really quick thing to put together and uh, you can just use okay. whatever you have around. Yeah. And wh who are some of your um, 
culinary influences? I mean, you mentioned Marco Pierre and Anthony Bourdain. Um, is there anyone else that really stands out to you who you would say um, has influenced your cooking the most? Um, I mean, it can be celebrities, it can be, uh, um, you know, chefs you've worked with. Well, I think I got influenced by so many people, especially the people I work with. Um, all the sous chefs who throughout the time I always get a lot uh, out of working with them. But if there is one which stands out more than someone else, uh, it would be Magnus Nilsson from uh, Restaurant Fabriken. Okay. That was sort of him who where I found my, my Swedish roots a little bit more from. Because mm -hmm. when I was younger, I just looked towards uh, Southern Europe. And I didn't felt really that I had roots somewhere. But right. uh, after working and seeing what Magnus is doing, I sort of found my own style out of that. So that had okay. influenced me a lot. Cool. Okay, so, so switch into the restaurant a bit now. Um, so Restaurant Joseph, um, t talk to me a bit about the, the menu. Um, how did you go about designing the menu? Um, what's your approach to that? Um, I always design the menu throughout the season. So we change it four times a year, fix like um, and it's always looking for the most tasty uh, prime season ingredients. And then I shape mm -hmm. the dishes out of, of um, what's available on the market. So now is we're it... going, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it, um, you know, when you come to it, is it uh, in intuitive or do you go to you know do you, do you go look online and, and pull a recipe or as you've mentioned before you're at home experimenting or is it you go to a cookbook or are you going out to check what uh, your competitors do how, how does that menu get you know really come about well as i as i mentioned it, it's really what the nature is bringing us okay I would say. So I looking or, or even have a conversation with the farmers we, we collaborating with and, uh, and cooking with those and, and always choosing a prime ingredients on the dishes and out of that building up combinations, which I, um, well, first of all, imagine we'll work together and then I find out different techniques and textures, which will bring the prime ingredients to its, its best. And always make sure that each, each dish have like a prime ingredients, but that I sort of using the, the most of, out of that season. Cause I, I love all these products, which, uh, which is around and I, try to not miss out on one because it takes a whole year until I can work with them again. Okay. And the, um, the development period, 
for to create this um, this menu four times a year? How, how long does it normally take for you to go through that process and have the menu ready? It depends a little bit on how I do it. When last year I changed the whole menu in once, and then I had sort of a, a test period mm. of cooking of a couple of weeks, three weeks to set all recipes and uh, make sure that I know really refined how I want the things to be done to be able to school and show it further to the team mm -hmm. to not create a, a mess out of it, um, which is very fast can happen if, if, if it's not the structure. Uh, and nowadays I found because it's a, it's a quite big job and it's a lot of hours put in right. and then it's quite stressful for the whole team to learn this menu to make sure that we don't have a weak sort of schooling right. period by changing out uh, a couple of dishes a week during a longer period of time. It's actually more na naturally as well because um, a, a full menu, we have about 17 dishes on our menu, so all these ingredients is not coming as is prime in the same time. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. And um, is there a dish at, uh, I know you've mentioned the, the sturgeon stuff, uh, but is there a dish at uh, Restaurant Joseph that kind of really sums up the concepts you're trying to achieve over there and also kind of sums you up on a, on a, on a plate, so to speak? Is there one dish that you can think of? Mm. Yeah, let's say hmm. tricky one. It's a tricky one because they are always changing and maybe coming back in another shape next year. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing which is sort of a favorite at the moment is is um, of course our home baked sourdough bread i i think it's personally one of the best breads i ever had and it's just so nice um, but i don't see the bread as a dish that's just something which is just should be right there. um Otherwise, it's our uh, tofu. We do a soy tofu out of Swiss uh, biodynamic soya beans, which we serve with uh, always with with a mushroom, mm -hmm. like a caramelized mushroom broth. It has a Japanese influence, <clears throat> and that's sort of where I think my cuisine. I find my style and my uniqueness of cooking a Nordic. French, but with a little bit influence of fermenting products or or uh, techniques from Japan. I I'm really inspired by the Japanese cuisine. Though mm -hmm. I don't want to cook Asian fusion. So with um with restaurant Joseph, 
I mean, it sounds like it's, um, it has many different influences in there. The menu is quite uh, varied. Um, but would you, would you say it, uh, it is Swiss with a twist or how do you, how, uh, what would you, how would you sum up the, the menu? Well, we use use absolutely mostly Swiss products, but it's not the Swiss mm -hmm. cuisine. Mm -hmm. It sounds so uh, boring, or or like everyone which doesn't know what their style is, they they call it modern European cuisine, right? Right. And uh, I think we are a, a typical example of this. We are a modern European cuisine restaurant. Like for sure, influence from my background from the Scandinavian cuisine. Mm -hmm. You can you can clearly see that 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 I'm from Scandinavia, um, and I would call it more French, Italian. We have some some items like uh, the homemade ravioli, which have been on the menu for twenty years. We always change out the filling and the the sauce and the toppings, but it's, it had always been a ravioli there. So that's okay. the, the Italian influence, mm -hmm. but, but how, the how many, okay. How many, uh, Scandinavian dishes are on the menu then? I would say maybe it's, it's the style and the presentation of the dishes, which is more, okay. uh, Scandinavian, but I have, for example, a a Kalix caviar dish served on, on a homemade uh, brioche with sour cream, lemon, pickle, pickled onions. That's very typical Swedish. And as a dessert, we have a, a cinnamon bun we, we're baking fresh for each guest with vanilla ice cream. So mm -hmm. the cinnamon bun is as well extremely wow, typical Swedish. Um, how many people are you employing in the kitchen? In the kitchen, we are 10. 10 um, people. Wow. Yes. Two and kitchen what's... hands and eight chefs. Okay. And what's your, uh, what would you say your management style is as, as a chef? Um, well. I think I'm very self-critical, of course, and I listen a lot to the team and try to to always be sort of a good example. So I'm more a teacher and and a, a leader than than sort of a boss. Mm -hmm. Though someone have to straighten up some things sometimes but uh, absolutely a coordinator and and uh, and uh, and a teacher i would say okay and do you find it easy to get good talent in switzerland um, for the kitchen or post corona have you have you felt like it's uh, the market's changed a bit yeah absolutely i mean um it was and always is a big, big fear of mine to to be in the position where I 
have to have to look for people which uh, which is not there on the market and I standing in the kitchen without a, a great team um, right because I know that also in, in our scale I cannot cook for our guest myself so I need a, mm-hmm. a good regard of chefs and uh, therefore I was looking out or always looking out early and planning already next half year mm-hmm. who is going to be in the team who going to be on each position and I think thanks for this we have an amazing team where everyone is on a on a good spot in the team always challenged and and have space to develop and okay and do is there a steep learning curve uh, for the people coming into your kitchen or do you find that you um bring in people that essentially plug in quite well i bring people in which plugging in well because um i think that's necessarily to not have too big schooling gap because that's yeah. sort of bringing everything out of rhythm but uh, they have space to sort of go through station to station and and learn in their own time. So I believe in a non-stress situation. Uh, yeah, situation in the in the kitchen. So I try to place people where they where they fitting well, and out of there they can develop further. Okay. And in your mind, what's the most important uh, quality uh, that a chef needs to possess? You know, like what what it's what's its most important characteristics? I think passion for the for the for food and and uh, and cooking is extremely important. Without the passion of of wanna eat the food you're cooking yourself. And want to to nail it and, and cook it to the best. Uh, it's very important. Um, thereafter, understanding the the team spirit that no one is uh, stronger than than the team itself. So it's it's a whole team spirit, which is very important. Right. Um, Yeah, and respect for product. I mean, I I really dislike to to waste any food. I think that's very important for the sustainable aspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I know how how much effort the 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 soil and the farmers needs to bring these products to the table. Um, it takes months for for vegetables to grow. So. It's really sad if we fucked it. Um, sorry, my yeah. language. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> break them halfway before they reach the table. So the respect for the products, I think, is uh, one of the most important. Yeah. I'm curious to know, what's your most uh, memorable moment uh, at Restaurant Joseph? Hmm. 
or or also as a chef in general like you know you could also you know what's your biggest accomplishment well they are many and they are small and many many small rivers uh, building a bigger one um but for sure i one of the biggest achievements in my career is to to be where we are right now and have this fantastic team um mm. i never believed that people would like to work for me and i could uh, bring something on like have apprentice which just are so good and, and inspired and and burning for this profession i think just the the to have a happy healthy team around me is uh, in these times where you hear a lot of people they are unhappy in the in the industry um, mm -hmm. they are unhealthy they have stress they're burning out they're changing career and to be able in a small house to just create the environment where every everyone which even been sick getting back to be healthy and and love what they are doing that's just it makes me makes me very emotional actually that's my biggest achievement yeah. okay yeah. very good and what about criticism do you handle it well yes i do i i like criticism because that's that's uh, how i can grow um so i looking for it i asking for it i want to know about it because i just want to know my weak sides or other weak sides to to know how to get better like the progress is so important for me i can't yeah. stand still I, i'm getting very fast bored okay let's mm. um let's talk a little bit about uh your take on on the swiss food industry in in general i mean um how do you feel about the state of the industry at the moment in switzerland um do you think there's anything missing um it does it excite you at the moment it does i mean it, i have to say it it's some sort of um fearful excitement i i feel how it vibrating quite a lot it comes a lot of new things the past five years especially to Zurich. but there is a lot of young very good inspiring people open up restaurants right now um and i think we all fighting the same the same fights so it's not an easy time at all but mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things are positive happening but as well the whole society is a little bit against us us with the finance crisis um right. environment crisis it's not easy yeah and what about the uh pandemic how was that uh for you personally and also for the restaurant well first of all my first day to come back to restaurant Josef after uh open up another restaurant um which didn't went so well was 16th of march 2020 that was oh, basically the wow. day we had the lockdown in switzerland 
Oh that was God. my first day in restaurant Josef. That wow. was um, like the 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 first meeting we had was a price meeting. What we're gonna do and thanks for the good job which been done in Josef before me. There was uh, a little bit savings which we could take to say well. Let's take one month break and really think what will we do uh, and how can we reopen. So I got sort of a, a nice mm -hmm. chance to clean up the kitchen and restructure it a little bit. And I had a bit more than a month to get ready to mm -hmm. open. And did you guys do any um, online? <laughs> Um, deliveries? Did you connect him with uh, Uber Eats and, and the guys, uh, the local guys here in, in Switzerland? Or well, did as you I said, uh, the, not? The, the first lockdown, we did uh, nothing else than just cleaned up and made some renovation work in the restaurant. Okay. Then we op opened up like basically normal during the whole summer period and had a nice, relaxed summer. And then came this period in autumn 2020, where it was uh, time to close again. Mm -hmm. And then we made a pop, uh, uh, takeaway food box in-house. We did not do any collaboration because there was too high percentage to the delivery services. So we made right. our own takeaway box, which which included a five course menu where you had to prepare it uh, at home. We made oh, a very nice uh, explaining video uh, recipes, how to be able to cook the dishes um, by yourself or together as, as a friends group. Mm -hmm. And each dish had to be able to, to prepare in five to seven minutes. And was it popular? I think it was a hit. Um, some restaurants tried it out in the first lockdown. And I think, I mean, I understand now afterwards that uh, they didn't want to do it again because it's a lot of work. But mm -hmm. uh, in the second lockdown, we were one of the first um, serving it. And it became a little bit of a hype in the town. and. It was one of the most high-end takeaway you could get, and we served on a peak wow. three hundred meals uh, a day on oh the weekend. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And do you offer anything like that now, or is that completely switched off? It switched off. It was a a big job. Uh, with all the packaging and and we needed the whole restaurant to be able to create this these boxes and now when we have guests in the house it's it's not possible anymore so okay but and i, I didn't think that too uh... well with all the packaging material yeah even if we but... try to look for sustainable solutions and packaging it's in the end packaging. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, 
what do you think is the the biggest trend um, in the Swiss culinary world at the moment? I think it's uh, to work with local ingredients, actually, to yep. bring back the connection between our producers and the restaurants. The, the places which inspires me and I like to go to, they all working with the with local ingredients. How do you go about finding these these suppliers, though? You know, what, what, what do you do to go out and find that one supplier who's got the, the right price to keep your costs low? Where do you start? Well, the right price to keep my cost low is a little bit against my philosophy, because I think the whole food chain need to sort of change. So I, I am not putting pressure on my suppliers to, to give me a cheap product because I already feel that food should be valued more than what it is already. So I don't want to press any farmers to sell something cheaper than they can. So they should look for what they need first of all, and then I make sure that I can sell it. Mm -hmm. And uh, how I find them, it's a net network here in Switzerland and I have a lot of friends so, so mm -hmm. we're talking with each other and one of our main vegetable suppliers, Marinello, they have their farm ne network where it's a, if it's unlabeled farmers or it's a biodynamic or Demeter farmers, but it, it's in a sustainable farm network. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks for Marinello, I find a lot of of uh, contacts. Do and you also the logistic as well for us, which okay. is important? Yeah, yeah, because I, I, you know, I <clears throat> spoke to quite a few um, restaurants now, and um, I also see that people are just uh, or chefs are just trying to focus actually within you know thirty kilometers of the restaurant as well, right? Um, mm -hmm. do you try and look for just outside of Zurich around Zurich or do you cast your net further wider? I looking a bit further cause well, for sure you want to keep uh, transport as low as possible, but for me, the, the way things are produced has a bigger impact on, on the CO2 emissions. Um, so if a product is produced better somewhere else, but of course within Europe and as close as possible to, to my restaurant always, but, but, um, I looking, I'm a little bit more open for it, but for example, come back to, to crayfish, if I can mm -hmm. get crayfish from from uh, 20, 20 minutes outside Zürich, I will take them instead of uh, some sort of vegetable, which is grown further away, of course. Mm -hmm. In terms of um, seafood, I, I, I always kind of levitate towards seafood because it's my favorite, <laughs> favorite food. Mm -hmm. You're only working <clears throat> with the, um, the fresh, water 
um, fish through the lakes here in Switzerland or, you know, are you ever importing from Italy or France? Well, I have done it. Uh, I have been importing mackerel or, or scallops from, from the coast of France, mm-hmm. which is not so far away. I, I mean, when, when I used to work in, in Sweden, in Favik, and we used local fishes. But they, these local fishes, they were as far away as the French coast. The vegetables came from south of Sweden, um, which is way further away than any kind of vegetables from, from Sicily. Mm-hmm. So talking about local ingredients or um, you can look a little bit further away for sure. Um, but it's harder. I mean, I, I see the problem with the transport, especially with seafood. Yeah. Seafood has to be so fresh that, that even if I get the mackerel from, which is fished the day before, shipped right away to my restaurant, it's sometimes problem with the transport there. So I, I prefer to really work uh, with the fishes just around mm-hmm. Zurich, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that was one of the, the toughest things for me moving to, to Switzerland and, and finding out that, um, you know, Migros and co-op, you know, everything's frozen, right? They put, they display it like it's fresh, but it's all coming in frozen for the seafood. Yeah, yeah it's disgusting. I, I, I never buy food, seafood in, in Migros and Coop. No. No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, pandemic aside... Yeah. Would you, uh, what advice uh, would you give to people out there who are, you know, thinking about opening a, a restaurant in Switzerland? I mean, like you've done this, you, you know, what advice, uh, learnings and advice would you give to all those would-be chefs or restaurateurs out there who are kind of thinking of getting into this? Well, I would recommend to get the proper schooling first. I think uh, travel around, learn from other chefs for quite some years before you you get into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Stay open and and really look into what do the the new generation of restaurant do and and let yourself get inspired because we have to go into a more natural friendly uh, concepts so really dig in and think about efficient and smart solutions for your restaurant absolutely like one issue we struggling here with a with a 30 year old restaurant is that we have clients which are used to get a lot for their money and we have a quite wide ranged menu and we we have to sort of please and and uh, serve a lot so we we have a wide offer though we try to keep it short and 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 handle it there is a compromise between being very generous to our guests 
but as well uh, financially sustainable and and have a low waste towards the nature um, I would really recommend to keep a simple rest uh, concept I mean one of my favorite mm -hmm. new concept I've seen in in town is is a uh, it's a pizzeria which just have three pizzas and they change <laughs> they change one seasonally and two is just basic and What's the, pizza, the name? Pizzas are, um, it's just not coming to my mind right now. Okay. Um, yeah, just keep it simple and keep the, the quality high. And I think uh, don't do compromises on, on the product you can sell because it has to somehow be sustainable. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um... And what advice would you give to yourself um, at 20 years old, knowing everything you know now? Um, I guess that could be helpful to any uh, aspiring chefs out there who are listening. Well, I made a lot of doubts and I think throughout my career, I was uh, fearful a lot that I was on the wrong path and mm -hmm. uh, I was afraid of of failing a lot of times, and uh, I wish I would not punish myself as hard throughout these years and just enjoying the 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 trip more. Um, because if you just walk the extra mile and uh, and stick to to your goals and dreams i think you can easily reach them but enjoy the the journey during the time and trust yourself absolutely very nice look thank you very much uh for this um i just have three last questions uh that i ask everybody at the end mm -hmm. um and the the first question is do you think cooking is an art or a craft? I think it starts with a, with a craft. Um, absolutely, it, it, it's mostly a craft. That's how we create and cooking the, the dishes. Then it's a few chefs out there which uh, have been able to create some kind of art out of it. I think art is as well a craft. And then somehow you're just reaching another level, which you just have to say that this is art. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And if you were trapped on a desert island, uh, what three items would you take with you? I would bring my chef knife for sure. Um, a water cleaner and something to make fire with <laughs> yeah but you can tell you're from the uh, north of uh, sweden <laughs> yeah e excellent and do you have any um social media accounts that our listeners can follow to see you or maybe the restaurant um and your work there absolutely uh i just have to say it's a little bit um serious uh, uh how we 
run our social media accounts, but it's all for fun. Okay. My personal is Studio Heimer, and okay. uh, our restaurant is Restaurant Josef. Cool. So that's it. Um, I'd like to thank you, David, for uh, for being part of this podcast. Thank you today. so much. It it's was uh, it's nice to talk with you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun and informative, and um, yeah, thank you to the listeners for for tuning in. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be back soon. Hey folks, thanks for listening to this episode of Grab a Drink with a Swiss Chef. Hope you enjoyed it and are much more wiser for it. And as I tell you all the time, if you fancy giving us a rating, it makes a big difference. I know it's a pain, but your support is crucial. So if you do feel motivated, go to wherever you get your pods from and give a review or a rating. Obviously, we depend on listeners and depend on more and more people finding out about this pod. So if you've liked what you've listened to, A good review really does help. Thanks, folks. Really appreciate it.